Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll put everyone out of their purgatory chat misery. And uh, I'll just welcome everyone to the April 9th, or if you're going off of the USL calendar, week five uh, edition of the USL show. I am your host, as most of the time, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, uh, and your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger, uh, Evan Valala here. Um, back at it again with a couple of my soccer friends and some of my soccer acquaintances. First, uh, it is the man who impulsively buys uh, 30 crunch bars at a time, our uh, favorite pony. It's Pony. I wouldn't say impulsively as much as drunkenly, but same same, I, same difference. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, joining us to fill in the night uh, from CurseCast, we have a couple things in common. One is that I see a Philadelphia Union scar from the back as well which is exciting and b we both talked to santi more before it's uh it's david from from curse cast how's it going man i'm doing well thanks, thanks for having me on. on yeah no problem and uh anytime and certainly uh welcome what are so yeah are you a uh, are you a philadelphia union fan is that yeah i uh getting some feedback there but no, i uh, i used to live in philly oh uh, uh, what everybody I was, I was there when the union first came around and right. uh, went to games for the first few years before I moved out of Philly. Right on. This is I love that everyone that I've like just met this year. It's like you and Jason are are both like from this area. So I was actually take- just back there over the weekend hey, for a wedding. What? Oh, it's like we're taking over the whole network. This is wonderful. Uh, and someone that I really don't want to talk to until Manchester City inevitably beats them 2-0 in the second leg of the Champions League quarterfinal fixture, but I will have to do it anyway because the co- the podcast will not work without him. It is our resident stat guru uh, and your favorite, uh, our, our non-international international correspondent, right now. Keep in mind, I'm still rooting for City to win the title over Liverpool. It's Thank you. Just when, and this is a t- chance for Tottenham to win a title. I still want us to win, and I totally didn't expect what happened today. That's fair. Uh, unbeaten in any stadium. Yeah. Uh, for those confused, this is not a English Premier League nor an MLS podcast. In fact, it is a USL podcast where we cover everything regarding the USL championship uh, in the year of our Lord 2019. Uh, guys, I guess we'll start things off. Uh, last week, we or two weeks ago, I suppose, we really only talked about... Uh, MLS two sites and what they do and if they're cool to do that or not. So this week is going to be rather match heavy checks and balances or something. Uh, Saturday started things off for, for this week, I guess technically it was Monday, but we would have covered that Tacoma two one win over Sacramento Republic. Um, Saturday, April 6th, Ottawa nil Nashville three Nashville uh, gets two goals from Rios and uh, Tucker Hume scores in his last action of the game on the 67th gets a goal against his own club. Nashville out possessed 65 to 35% had 14 interceptions. Fury get outshot uh, massively in their home opener could have lost by four. Um, I think it was. Uh, and now his name escapes me. That's really upsetting, but uh, Nashville could have had a fourth. Ottawa might have had one late, but a really solid win here for Nashville on the road um, to to get the season going. And Ottawa really gets gets outshone in their home opener, which is unfortunate because they have they've had a decent start to the season. Yeah, I think this was the Nashville being the Nashville that they that we all thought they were going to be. This is mm-hmm. kind of the performance we expect to see them put on, and if they could keep doing that instead of struggling on the offensive end like they had for the first few weeks, they are gonna 
legitimately be that number one team in the league moving forward with the whole Cincinnati Redux money situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second game of the week was a Western Conference clash. Uh, Real Monarchs SLC three. Uh, Reno get one. Corey Herzog got a goal disallowed like two minutes in. Uh, Monarchs wake up, capitalize with two goals in 11 minutes. It was uh, Chang in the sixth, Plata in the 15th. Blake caps it off. It gives it a three goal lead in the 48th minute. Uh, Aiden Apodaca late in the game opens his account for Reno. But um, yeah, you know. Uh, Solid win by Monarchs. They've looked okay. Uh, Reno, definitely not the team that they were last year, but they might, uh, uh, you know, it's the fourth week. Let's not read into that too much, I suppose. For yeah, me, they, Mon- Sorry, go ahead, Bunny. Yeah, I would say Reno started really bad last year, too. Yeah. That was kind of a trend, but the Monarchs, if they could get some better defenders who are still competent for USL, they'd mm-hmm. probably be the best team in the league. Yeah, for me, Monarchs are a really weird side. They have two games this season that they've scored over two goals that 5-0 win over at the galaxy and then three one this week and then they have a weird 1-0 loss to vegas and everything else they scored one goal or were shut out it just seems that they have a bit more inconsistent play but like pony said if they just get more better defenders they definitely at least turn it around um it will be a bigger test with uh new mexico this week david is there anything you're looking forward to with that particular match with monarchs yeah, I mean, I, I want to see if uh, if Michael Chang can keep scoring, first of all. Um, we're a team that really, mm-hmm. I guess we kind of thrive in controlling the midfield. Um, and if we're able to control Michael Chang, I mean, that's kind of two for one there. I mean, we we being New Mexico, uh, we thrive on countering um, and, and kind of taking advantage of mistakes in the midfield. And while Chang has been a goal-scoring machine, I think where he has some issues, from what I've watched anyway, um, is in possession uh, at times coming up. So I think if we can get into the lanes where an intercepting team, particularly in the midfield, um, I think that'll make a big difference. And I, th- I think that game is won or lost in the midfield this week. Next game of the week was a first ever meeting uh, from the first team stadium out in uh, out in Kansas City with the one that I lovingly call uh, Children's Lamborghini Mercy Park. Uh, Smoke Park three, Bethlehem Steel four. Uh, Vanacord Decker starts things off, uh, Emba- and then uh, Ferris n- knocks one in. Emba Kelly gets two for Swope to give them a 3-1 lead. And then uh, Benefimu off a corner heads one in. Mark Segbers has a really goofy Matt Real cross deflect off of his head or upper body, and that finds its way into the net. And then uh, your captain, James Chambers, with a shot on goal that is not uh, saved terribly well. It pops out. Sergio Santos opens his account in the United States on the rebound on a, actually a really pretty finish, all things considered. And uh, Bethlehem steal all three points from Swope Park, who still somehow have, have still yet to, to get a win. Yeah, I think Swope Park has definitely hurt in the uh, conference switch over this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Having this be their first season in the Eastern Conference and not having the benefit of St. Louis, who, despite their multiple conference switches, they've had time to play in both conferences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it'll be interesting, and I, I I don't want 
it would be very weird to me if Swope Park stay like rooted to the bottom of the Eastern Conference, especially because of team we'll mention later existing right now. But um, and, and I mean honestly, like a good bit of this Swope Park loss is is like a combination of dumb luck and Bethlehem getting some nice breaks for him. So, um, just a very bizarre game all around. Uh, Benefimi makes team of the week, which is weird. He had an assist on the first goal for for Bethlehem and then got his own. Uh, header off a corner, but he's definitely not in that team of the week for his defensive capabilities this week, at least. Um, and for for both Bethlehem and Swope Park, the defense has definitely been, um, I don't know, the Achilles lower body, just because it's it's so glaring that that's the weakness for these two sides right now. Um, I imagine it'll come down later in the season, but that's just because I don't want both these teams to be that porous in the back for a long stretch of time. Under eighty nine, we'll see attendance at this game. Uh, well, media people count twice, so four. Um, hey, speaking of weird results that everyone expected, I'm sure Louisville nil, Pittsburgh one. Uh, Nico Brett on a penalty in the 74th minute. Um, I thought after Joe Greenspan picked up a yellow card about 20 minutes in, Louisville would have been, uh, you know, out to the races and really attacking and really on the front foot, but. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh hits Louisville on a counter 73 minutes in, and then, uh, you know, Nico Brett gets brought down by Suahi. Um, and yeah, it's a penalty. And, and I understand why he had to make that challenge. And, and I think he probably 10 times out of 10 should make that challenge. Um, but I mean, that's a, it's a clear pen and it's, it's a good taken penalty from Nico and, and Pittsburgh. Um, gets a gets a really nice nice pickup of three points there against a team that does not give you that at home a whole lot for sure. Is it time to start hitting the panic button for in your guys' opinion? Uh, no, I don't know. So. Somewhere in between because this is the fastest they've lost three games by mm-hmm. about almost two months, and but this is they're they're hurt right now. They are pretty hurt. And I yeah. think that factors into it, especially losing two key players in the first half to injury mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh. That's pure lily ball time right there. You just, I mean, you're going to have two, only one second half sub against a team whose entire purpose is <laughs> completely grind you down. That's, yeah. that's all set up for the 80th minute game winner from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and despite is, all of that, only losing by one. They should be concerned. Despite all that, only losing by one, and again, uh, yeah. a penalty that should have been called. I mean, I'm sure. That, I mean, they're still top of the table. I think that's the important thing too. I mean, you can uh, get frustrated with the style of play or or the the quality mm. of the play, but again, to still be top of the table, to still only lose by one, despite uh, maybe some poor officiating, despite the fact that they had two of their key players go down. I wouldn't yeah. hit panic yet, but my hand's hovering above it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say it'd be a bit concerning with through five matches. Is Louisville are currently about seven points adrift off St. Louis and five points adrift off Tampa. That's still more than mm-hmm. enough time to come back from, but it's just not the position that we've all pictured them in to start the year. Yeah. Um, David, I know you're. Uh, I know you're new to these these parts as a whole, and especially the Eastern Conference. But losing by one to Pittsburgh is like the sun coming up every morning. <laughs> Um, yeah, this it's just what happens. happens. Yeah. Um, well, I can promise you, uh, New Mexico will not lose by one to Pittsburgh this year. That's a wow. That's I mean, that's huge if true. 
it's a it's a my hot take of this episode. <laughs> that's really that's statement. really hot. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's a team in Austin. They're coming up later. Um, se- second week in a row, I've made that joke on a podcast. This one will actually play well. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, there is only one scenario in which New Mexico and Pittsburgh play each other this year, and if that happens, I don't think either team will complain too much. No, no, I'd be, I'd be pretty thrilled with that. Um, yeah. And I would imagine that my For friends in City would probably be pretty happy with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of friends, uh, my friend Austin Deleuze gave up a penalty kick in this match. North Carolina FC won. Memphis won. Uh, in a draw, like I said, the Memphis goal, 64th minute. Uh, Austin really just wanted to hug Mark Birch and did so. And it started outside of the box, which is fine. You can hug people outside of the box. But when you hug people inside of the penalty area, it becomes a penalty. And uh, Birch does well to commit. Um, Adam and Yem almost gets a... There's actually about three or four Memphis players that could have gotten the ball in to get a second goal in, we'll call it the 72nd or so minute. Um, didn't happen. Najem's weird slide tackle shot thing goes just wide of Alex Tambakis. North Carolina equalizes in the 78th minute off of a really pretty Lomis goal. Uh, just a hell of a free kick. Gets it up over the wall. Uh 901 keeper does well to get kind of a hand to it, but it's hit too hard. And then uh, Najem almost, uh, or, or yeah, bangs in a free kick in the 78th, but Tambak is able to push that uh, over the bar as well for uh, an early contender for save of the year. Um, this was a really fun game to watch. These teams don't, uh, well, I shouldn't say they don't like playing defense, but very open ended, uh, nice kind of creative attacking football, little heavy at points, but it was a, it was a good time. Definitely look for Memphis to move up. This is a good result for them on the road, and especially need to just kind of continue earning where they are. They're currently just a point behind Louisville City and level with points on Pittsburgh and 10th, which would be that final playoff spot. But and I guess I'd expect just more results like this in the coming weeks. Yeah. And, uh, the next match, New Mexico nil, Rio Grande Valley FC nil. Um, Dave, take it away. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, still unbeaten. That's the key thing. Uh, but uh, it was this is a frustrating game in some ways. Uh, kind of the opposite of what we've seen thus far through the year for New Mexico mm-hmm. United. Mm-hmm. Um, in that we've seen we've seen them score a lot of goals uh, previously and have trouble keeping goals out of the net. I uh, have struggled defensively, but it was kind of the opposite. Obviously, a, a nil-nil, uh, a nil-nil final finish here. Uh, but without Kevon Frater, without Devin Sandoval, um, you knew that the offense might struggle a little bit. Um, and obviously, I know you guys, have you guys mentioned at all anything about uh, the MLS sending players down to the USL? Have you guys talked about that at all? I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah. If, we, if we wanted to talk about that uh, mm. a little bit and bring this mm-hmm. up for the very first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dynamo send down five players, yep. uh, many of them uh, on the defensive end, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that keeps New Mexico out of the net. Um, 
you know, those injuries don't help. Uh, Dynamo sending players down don't help. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about it on the curse cast, how that was a little frustrating. And then the next day, uh, <laughs> the next day after we talk about how it's kind of unfair, then Dynamo do it to us. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's still a draw on the road. Um, United still undefeated. Santi Moore almost added to his tally there in the ninth minute uh, with uh, it was almost exactly the same shot uh, that he got against Phoenix and ended up winning a USL goal of the month. He, he takes her to the top of the 18 on the left side, steps into the right around a defender and just fires a curler that just barely misses. Okay. Um, it would have been uh, exactly the same goal if it had gone in, obviously did not uh, finish his nil nil there. And uh, again, are on, on, on this week uh, to uh, four corners cup match against Real yes. Salt Lake, which will be fun. That's the best trip, one of the best trophies that for a derby here in the United States. Well, thanks. It was it's uh it's been fun to put together. It was a cool little group. We did it with with Phoenix and with with Real Salt Lake and mm-hmm. uh and uh, and with Colorado Springs. It was it's just kind of a a natural fit once we joined the league. Yeah. Nice little bonding experience before you guys get all at each other's throats over the <laughs> thing that you all made. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure you know we we're it's still being uh, constructed right now by uh, one of our members. He's finishing putting it together. Mm, right. um, we hope to have it actually this weekend for the for the cup yeah. match, which would be awesome. We'll Stay unveil tuned. it then, and then maybe give it uh, give it to Real Salt Lake for a little bit, and we expect it to be returned at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> only only RSL gets it. Colorado yeah. Springs and Phoenix can't can't have it. Sorry it's, guys. Yeah, Phoenix has had way too much. I said, yeah. That's a really oddly competitive cup, though, too. Yeah, it, it is. And I don't know that, uh, you know, coming into the year, uh, maybe everybody expected that. But there are, I mean, all four teams are going to, I mean, I think those are potentially four playoff teams. I really do. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't be. But it, it'd be, mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that uh, I didn't expect it. But I, we may be uh, uh, the team that's that's fighting um I guess to get into that picture more so than anybody else, because again, all four of these teams are really doing well. Mm-hmm. If Phoenix could win a game, then they'll be back in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, just uh, uh, two matches real quick. Uh, one of them, Birmingham and New York Red Bull two uh, has been postponed to a date to be announced due to lightning storms in the area. Uh, the other one, Actually, well, uh, well, one thing I think it's worthwhile mentioning about the Birmingham New York game is yeah. New York was winning one nothing, and they were it from scratch. Yeah, yeah, that happened last year too, eh? With a I forget which matchup it was, but well, no, we had we had the one that what it went like thirty minutes or whatever, and then they were like, no, we got to play it over from that spot. But like seven months later, when no one cares about it, kind of thing. Yeah, or something like that. It was a weird one, and then I think there was another one out west where it was a similar scenario, and I think that one might have been scrapped altogether. Yeah, well, I mean, granted, New Yorkers still beat them pretty easily, but yeah, kind of hurts to see a one nil one go away. Yeah, uh, you know, well, and it depends on how far out that date is too, right? Like yeah. if that's three months from now, it could be a different team. Uh, literally for Red Bull, yeah. Yeah, it also kind of hurts because it was Barler who scored, who it would be tied for third for goals of the year if it counted. Yeah. yeah, individual individual awards and in MLS two teams don't mesh well. Um, hey, uh, Tampa Bay are good or Hartford are really bad. Take your pick. Uh, bad. Okay, Tampa's Ryan, good. Well, yeah. oh, I'm going to go Tampa uh, side too. <laughs> um, 
uh, Guanzotti gets two goals. David Njem gets a goal, a, a goal, which is wonderful because he was out for a very long stretch of time with a with a gnarly injury. So it's nice for him. First minute back on the pitch, gets a penalty, puts it in, and then uh, Andrew Tenari as well with the fourth goal for the Rowdies, who stomp all over Hartford. Who I have not necessarily. Can I can I be neutral? I'm gonna play Switzerland and pick both of those things can be true and they don't have to be mutually exclusive. I think that Tampa Bay is actually good and I think that Hartford is also in fact actually bad. Hartford might be historically bad. They can try. Yeah, they're on their way. I don't think they should try to be historically bad, but they have they're in with a shout. They get, the, they, get the, they get the first draft pick, right? If they're last, that's how that works. Maybe tell Jimmy Nielsen that. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance of them being historically bad. I mean, this is the first game that... They, they do look, have a pretty good logo. You're right. You're right. This was, a, this was the first time they were completely outplayed. And the other games has at least been close. Just It's like, well, they could get... I could have seen them with two points coming into this match. Mm-hmm. But they just got played off the pitch. I had seen on on Twitter. I thought it was one of you guys actually who put this together. That just statistically, uh, they're on pace to be uh, to be historically bad, potentially just at at the very bottom of the very bottom ever. Yeah, that was from uh, me. I've been keeping track of the ELO ratings for USO going back yeah. to 2011, and currently through the first five games, they're on pace to be worse than Antigua Barracuda. There in was 2013 and. This is a team who played all 26 of their matches on the road and lost all 26. They had a, they had a goal differential of negative 80. Yes. Antigua I... was a truly bad team, and for Hartford to be on pace to be worse than that is astonishing. I, I, I don't think this trend will continue. I feel like they're, they have to get a win sometime. Yeah. It's just you have to play into a factor that – this long road trip to start the year is certainly hurting their form. You're seeing it with the Portland Timbers up in MLS. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not helpful to their form, especially as an expansion side where this team is like constantly traveling and yeah. week after week. It just it can't be indicative to any success for Hartford at all. And while it pains me to agree with the Spurs fan, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I think they'll I think they'll get a win somewhere. I don't think they'll be historically the worst team ever. Um, but they'll be they'll be right up there, or I guess right right down there, as it were. Um, and, and again, I I also think it it does help. I think Tampa Bay is is really good. Frankly, I think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just a I guess a poor matchup. And four nil wouldn't have been something that would surprise me if you told me that before the ninety minutes started. I said, if you had to pick which team's going to be last place, Hartford or anybody else in the entire league, who has the least points? <laughs> oh. I think I'll go hard for it. <laughs> yeah, there's not any, but hmm. I'd have to take the field. The thing is, the other—I mean, the other team that's as close to them is RGV, and they've got the ability to do what they did this week and send down Dynamo players. So, yeah, I mean, but it, they're also not sending down Dynamo players to like cover for RGV being bad. No, no, not at all. You know, like, it's not like, a, oh, yeah, we can't have our affiliate team be the worst team in the USL. We got to no, that, grab that's a not, point there, boys. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm what I <laughs> sure, am sure. saying is that uh, if you're in, if you're routinely, you know, even if it's just once a month, sending mm-hmm. down those MLS players, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, you're bound Fair. to get a win yeah. uh, or two along the way. And again, I don't think there's any effort. I don't think they frankly care whether or not rgv finishes at the bottom of the table no 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 um but i but i do think that they 
they were going to continue to send players down to get time. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that'll, that'll result in a win or two. How about this for Hartford? So their goal differential currently is, oh, sorry, it is negative nine, and yeah. their goals conceded is 11. What is higher or this season? The number of goals Hartford concedes or the number of points that the USL Eastern Conference champion what? has? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, wait, okay. Is this like a, like, do I get to ask you what um, Louisville finished with last year as far as points go? I can check, but I'm so right now St. Louis is yeah. at the top of the East with 13, and Hartford uh, has uh, 11 goals against. Yes. Here, interestingly, last season, yeah. and Toronto SC two finished, and Tulsa both finished with most goals conceded at 77 goals against. And incident, coincidentally, FC Cincinnati, who won the Shield last year, not a playoff game had 77 points they won the playoff game yeah they won that game i'm gonna <laughs> say i'm gonna say the hartford gold against but technically any penalty shootouts okay they're in another league now i'm gonna say the hartford goals against there's not a team in the east that's setting themselves apart right now uh and there is a team in the east at the bottom of the east that's setting itself apart right now yeah. so i'll go i'll go with hartford well, against there and and to go back to the hartford being bottom team in the league or the field uh in the western conference it's kind of funny because like rgv is an 18th who like not terrible and then like phoenix is 17th right now because They're undefeated. <laughs> right well yeah in in a in a not great way uh, yeah. at least for now but like if we're looking at who's got you know more points you know, per team, it's it's the Western Conference. So when you're like, you know, 17th place team in your conference is a the one that made it to the the final last year, uh, and b an undefeated team. And you know what? We don't know what Las Vegas is going to do with all that foam. So uh, to be interesting. To be fair, I with TFC Cincinnati, I only say that because I'm a crew fan and I just poked fun at my hell is real rival. Yeah. I'm sure they're still listening to this. <laughs> Speaking of still listening to this, uh, St. Louis 2, Atlanta United 2, nil. Meaning, the team that plays soccer in the USL Championship hailing from the greater Atlanta metropolitan area scored no times, and St. Louis scored twice. Um <laughs> Y'all, uh, someone should have drafted St. Louis like early, because they are good. Which is crazy good. because they weren't even in this conference last year. That's what's that's what's blowing my mind about this whole thing. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but if I was in the draft, I definitely would have taken St. Louis. Yeah, I okay. can say that because I wasn't in the draft. Yeah, yeah. I think Phil <laughs> took him like tenth overall. Probably, someone should have snapped him before he did. I think they could go to Phil. I do. I will say St. Louis does currently have the highest uh, ELO rating of the entire USL at an 1132 rating, just slightly ahead of Tampa, who's at 1127. Who would have thought? No one. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you're looking ahead to St. Louis's matches, I think, and there will be their next four will be interesting because they'll host Birmingham. Um, they mm-hmm. travel on the road to Pittsburgh, which should be a fascinating fixture. And then mm-hmm. they basically host their in-state rival of Swope Park. Actually, no, technically not in-state. Swope Park plays in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, 
The next one, San Antonio 2, Las Vegas 1, Bradford Jameson the 4th, and Everett Guzman give the goals for San Antonio. Irvin Potter for Vegas. Uh, I'm feeling slightly vindicated about saying that Winaldo wasn't going to change a whole lot in Vegas as far as them being good goes. Well, they did kind of get robbed of a goal. It's fair. Yeah. I mean, it got called back for offside, apparently, yeah. and I see no yeah. reason how it got called back, especially since it took like a minute and a half to figure it out. Someone tipped the AR off about the spring break phone party they were going to have pitch side, and he went, well, that's dumb, <laughs> and and rescinded that goal for them. Am I missing out on the, a phone party? Like, Oh, did you not see oh, this? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't see that. Oh, friend, let me tell you. You know, uh, you know the foam gimmick that they do at clubs for spring break. Spring break. I don't know. I don't go to clubs. Yeah, do they, do they do that. I, I saw, I've seen places that like I've seen foam party places, but they do that at actual like yeah. real nightclubs. That's a thing. I suppose. I don't. I mean, this is Vegas we're talking about. I don't know what kind of year they're in as far as that's fair. You know, reality versus Vegas time. <laughs> No, they're doing uh, they're doing pitch side foam. I'm expecting Carson Merck to be our, our foam side correspondent. <laughs> um, uh, and I hope that the foam is non toxic for the llamas. And only for the llamas. Only. I don't. The people, whatever. That's fine. So if a Vegas player scores a goal on that, you're expecting someone to dive head first into the foam. Yes, I need a foam celebration. But it's on a card, or is, there's like no ruling on this in the USO rule books. Oh, you guys haven't checked out the foam section of the USL rulebook? You know, I've been meaning to get to it, but I, I haven't. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, word on the yeah. street is Electric Factory no longer using smoke, just just foam now. Well, the Electric Factory no longer using the name the Electric Factory. Oh, really? Yeah. Welcome to Philadelphia talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they, uh, they got bought out by this is, oh, man, this is really narrow. They got bought out by the Bowery, which is a, a New York uh like concert venue space and they like didn't have the rights to the name the electric factory so they're like oh well we're not using those unlike you know when you build a stadium in austin you do it without a permit and then you just kind of wing it you know um yeah been out of philly too long i well you know it happens yeah this is the interesting thing about vegas you guys could be just lying for the last five minutes and i have no idea that you're lying about any of this (laughs) do you guys hear they're gonna be uh they're setting the pitch on fire at 45 minutes see what happens Oh, I heard and they were going to erect a giant cell around the around the pitch, and whoever escapes out of it first wins. And again, both those things could easily happen in Vegas. Tony, I'm going to be honest with you because I like you as a friend. This the, the thing that I said not happening. The thing that I said is absolutely happening. Yeah, it's called the floor is lava mode. Yeah, yep. floor is lava mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, we're we talking about soccer. <laughs> See, uh, this, this is our problem. We give rails. Vegas too many good ideas. They use them for free. Yes, we say, don't get our money for, for it. And that, yeah, yeah. I will say to be fair to Vegas, they did yeah. finish a lot of the renovations on Capstone Field of taking down the foul poles and stuff, yeah. converting it from a former minor league stadium to an actually at least more soccer only venue. I can't really say soccer specific since it wasn't built for soccer, but it's more soccer sure. only, which is absolutely fantastic for them. But yeah. did you see? Did you see the video of that happening? And at the very end, they're they're taking that post down, and it just whacks one of the construction workers. Yes, I did. I'm watching the video, but I did see the video itself. Yeah, yeah. That would no, not feel great. No llamas were harmed in the making of that video. Good, good. That's all I care about. <laughs> um, 
OKC Energy 2, Portland Tippers 2-3, meaning the team that plays in uh, in the Rose City scored three goals, and the team that plays in a electric plant, I think, scored two. Uh, OKC get goals by Mike Defont and Cordell Cato. Portland goals by Brayon Hurtado, Zach Kobayashi, and Ryan. Uh, I'll go with Sarah Kowski, please. Um, Portland Tippers 2, uh, they're looking all right. In their last four games, they've scored multiple goals. Yeah. Looking yeah. all right, he says, is their second in the Western Conference behind Tulsa. Level on points with Tulsa and Sacramento and New Mexico. Yeah. They score yeah. a lot of goals. Are they, they're, what, 12 goals for at this point? They score a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've always, their defense is not. They're like the Red Bull 2 of the West without the really, really good academy system. Defense yeah. optional. Defense optional. Plays Portland this weekend. No, that'll be fun. Yeah. Battle of the top four right there. How about New Mex- it? New Mexico United approves. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that also happened this weekend, Lauren Conrad and her gang at Orange County travel to Colorado Springs. Darwin Jones gets two of them. Two to one for Orange County. Um, the first yeah. one of the season, and it's a desperate result that they needed to get. Yeah, I think this is... Orange County showing that they haven't regressed too much and Colorado Springs kind of coming back down to earth a bit. I think Colorado Springs is still good, but we'll see. I felt when, when, when NMU got the, uh, got that, uh, the the draw against Orange County early in the season. I remember feeling kind of elated on that. You know, a team that had the most points in the West last year went to the Western Finals. All that jazz. Um, and this is the first time since that game that I thought Orange County looked good. Um, you know, I've been watching all their games and thinking, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been too excited about that win, but they look, they look good in this one. This is the first one where I, I felt like, uh, they, they comfortably won. Um, and they were able to move the ball with these. I don't know what the possession stats were, but I would imagine they highly favored, uh, orange County in that game. Uh, just mm. from, just from my viewing of it, they, they controlled the midfield and bombed down the wings really, really well. So Mops calling that Colorado Springs controlled possession 55-45, but Orange County had a 13-8 shot advantage. I guess it was just better chances then. They, they looked in control throughout. Uh, another fun one. LA Galaxy 2-4. Tulsa 2. Meaning, the team that Zlatan plays on uh, has a team that plays in the USL Championship called LA Galaxy 2. They scored four times. The team in uh, Tulsa scored twice. Um, for LA, Ethan Zubak scores twice. Kai, I'll go with Kreniak, maybe? For the Scores block. twice. Uh, and then, uh, Pony, you want to talk about Luca Lobo, who scored twice as well, but he didn't have someone else on his team score twice, so it was 4-2 to two to the Galaxy who take three points here. Yeah, Luca Lobo's a really interesting player. I get a lot of Forrest Lasso vibes of mm. you know Cincinnati and Charleston if you want to go back that far where he's mostly a incredible set piece threat i mean mm-hmm. i think if you have a corner and you want to draft people who are going to be in the box you might actually take lobo first out of the entire league at this point mm. he just has a great talent and he also has some good service into the box to help him out but the weird part is his defensive numbers aren't Stellar. I think he the best he is in any category and on his team is third for defensive numbers. Where I kind of have to wonder if the goals are going to drop off or if the defense is going to pick up. I'd like to see that one way or the other. I know people are talking about him winning 
player of the month for the first month, but I have a mm. really hard time giving it to a defender whose team allows 10 goals in a month. Yeah. Santi Moore would have something to say about that. I would also have something to say about that on behalf of Santi Moore. Mm-hmm. Is Santi mm. Moore a 6'6 six, six juggernaut? <laughs> Santi, no. Moore, Santi Moore is, uh, uh, is a 5'8 is a goal scorer uh, who nobody can stop on the left side. 5'9 listed. Sorry. Five, I think it's 5'8. Um, yeah. That's also a set piece, not kind of open play. And you know what? You know what play, I not Dickie Lobo. What I will say about Luca Lobo is the Forrest Lasso comparison is mute until he breaks a 17-year-old's collarbone. I mean, he's going to play a two-team eventually. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, speaking of playing a two-team eventually, uh, it's, <laughs> which is which is a which is an undeniable fact by the way both of these teams will do that sacramento are playing a two-team this weekend boom look at that this eventually is this weekend everybody uh sacramento one austin nil only problem being jermaine taylor scores the own goal from austin so it's austin one sacramento nil but it was the wrong net so sacramento wins pony thoughts uh the goal i mean it was a great looking own goal i'll put it that much the defender good finish Put a head on it to try to clear the ball and on a spot where the goalie might have actually been able to get there. That's where Restrepo, who everyone who's been around for a while remembers his keeper of the league mm-hmm. play from a couple of years back in San Antonio. Yeah, Diego looked good this game too. Yeah, he is still one he of the has best not lost any of that. The league. One thing that was kind of odd to me was it seemed that I think Austin knows how to beat or at least frustrate Sacramento, which is to play really compact defense. Mm-hmm. Because Sacramento is a team who likes open space. They like to counter, like all those things. And Austin didn't really let them do that that much. Because Sacramento is small stature-wise. They don't have the giant forward who you want to lob it into. They have all the small technical midfielders and strikers who move the ball around and get a clear open shot. And Austin would not let them do that. I mean, Austin, they can't score. But they actually are a really good defensive team. If you could bring in a good up top player for Austin. I think they suddenly move from irrelevance to being one of the better teams in the league. I mean, after four games, they've only allowed three goals. Granted, they've only scored two goals. So I think Austin has a lot of upside if they could figure it out. And I think they also figured out how you're going to beat Sacramento this season, which is let them have the ball because that's not how they like to play. Um, the next game, Phoenix nil, Fresno nil, crossbar one. And what a hell of a shot that was too. It was, a, it was, a, it would have been quite the finish, um, yeah. but it wasn't. So, Hey guys, if, if I told you that somehow, actually, if, if, I think if anyone told anybody that Phoenix would be undefeated through the first four games of the season, but be second to last in the, in the, in the standings, everyone would go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Undefeated. Yes. Uh, yeah. Second to last in the standings. No. And, no. and I, one of those two cards, the first one uh, on Seth Moses, uh, yes. I don't think is a card. Uh, uh, probably not. Um, kind of got screwed over there. I'm not typically one to defend Phoenix, uh, but I thought it was a clean tackle. Uh, the second one he deserved. Um, but yeah, to send him home in the, what was the 40th minute, I think. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And and for Phoenix to not be able to capitalize after that, I mean, mm-hmm. that's more concerning to me than them having four draws through four matches is oh, them yeah. not being able to score against a 10 man Fresno for 50 minutes. That's concerning for me. Yeah. For about an hour. Um, so yeah. That's good. No, they yeah. are, but they're 10 men. And I know they're blo- they're locking it down after losing a man. Absolutely. But you got to be able to get something there, especially still, at home. Yeah. I mean, still, they've only allowed two goals this whole season. Yeah. No, that's not that's not to take anything away from Fresno. It's to take I everything mean, away from the fact that they were down yeah. to ten men. Phoenix yeah. should have won this game, but I think it speaks high to Fresno. I, I'm more. I came out of this game going, "Oh wow, Fresno actually is going to live up to the hype I was giving them last year when they decided not to play." Well, good, I mean, so. you really. I mean, you really have. <laughs> you just like Juan Pablo Cafa like way too much. Well, yes, that's also part of it. <laughs> so I mean, that was a lot of your hype for Fresno. <laughs> was for Cafa. Who deserved it? But um, anyway, um, they got to score some yeah, goals. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like, it's Lily Ball light. Yeah, Lily Pelota, I believe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I difference from their high-powered offensive last year to go basically zero wins, four draws, zero ties, eight goals scored, eight against. It's perfectly yeah. balanced as all things should be. Um, uh, I am. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that that game this week. They're playing Tulsa. Um, I honestly thought you were going to say I'm very much looking forward to that game this week, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And I was going to be like, how how did that work out? And how are you going to segue out of that one? Uh, but no, I, I uh, find a way. Hot take: Fresno will beat Tulsa this weekend. Boom! Wow, is that a hot take? Is it not? You don't Both think it places is? places that they play soccer in are rather warm at this time of year. Boom. That's Climate fair. Joke. That's Boom. I'd, I'd bet Fresno over Tulsa. Where is that match? I'm, I don't know. I'd still put the Fresno West of the Mississippi River, probably. That's a good bet. It's a good bet. Oh, I thought it was hosting. a hot take. Lukewarm Fresno take. Hosting. Fresno hosting. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, soccer things. What else happened in the soccer? Uh Charleston, uh, their first goal was really gross. It was <laughs> like off a off a corner, broken down. Brandon Miller can't get his paws on a ball. It kind of slips out. They have a defender right in front of it. He doesn't kick it, and then Svantessen just kind of pokes it. Uh, friend of the show, Hugh Roberts, almost gets a goal off a set piece that hits the bar, and then Zyko Lewis out of no well, not out of nowhere. I, I think if you followed his college career. If you watched him a little bit with the with the Baby Bulls, I believe he was a Red Bull draft pick a couple of years ago, uh, and he is oh, I want to say Haitian, um, and has gotten some time with with their national team outfit. I don't think the senior team, but I digress. Um, what a curler! Good God, just finds it at the top of the box and and uncorks one, and it's a beauty. Um. Which is great. So a 2 0 win to Charleston. Charlotte are, are I was listening to Talking Jacks this morning actually. They're not feeling great. Um they've been close to getting a lot of goals. They've had a couple of weird weather games that are that have not been kind to them. Um they have one point. Lost to Indy eleven two three opening week. Drew Atlanta United three three, lost to St. Louis one nil and lost to Charleston two nil. Um Mm, I new coach and some things and 
bylaw docket retiring and some other things. I'm not in- incredibly worried yet. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried unless they are still winless three games from now. Because at that point, yeah, you failed the win against two teams in Bethlehem and North Carolina who are probably in the same skill range as you. Yep. And at that point, you panic, I think, if you're Charlotte. But right now, you look at well, it and go, and well, they we have- haven't lost anyone. There's been no horrible result yet. You've lost to three good teams and drawn for Mario Williams. Yeah, basically. Well, and and you know what's nice is they have they've had a really really strong front end. Um, so like they play Red Bull, Bethlehem, North Carolina, and then I think they play Tampa Bay. After that, they get Hartford and Loudon, but then they get Nashville. So it's a, it's a weird like front end heavy part of the schedule for them, and and. You know, uh, Goose and Alex are both talking about how, like, oh, our conditioning's really great and blah, blah, blah. And if that carries over into the season and not just the games, then they're a team that's very much rested and, and fit in the second half of the season. They could do some damage. If they lose to Hartford, then it's probably... <laughs> that's an issue. <laughs> yeah, that'll be an immediate panic button. I think Hartford is going to enter that game probably with still zero wins, zero draws. I say, remember when we were watching and Hartford almost beat Louisville a couple of weeks ago. Mm. We'll see if Hartford Stadium's ready by then. Speaking of Charlotte, uh, yeah, how's Pony's head? I mean, it's not your pony. How's Goose's head? Uh, stapled, but fine. Yeah, that was uh, concerning. I just saw the jersey at first, and I was yeah, thinking, it was, uh, it was, was he murdered? Uh, apparently not. No, because he tweeted about it. So yeah. unless there's some weird interdimensional, you get one tweet before you're you're done kind of thing. Who knows? Um, hey, uh, a couple pieces of news. We have three of them. Um, Austin Bolt Stadium was uh, built without permits, which is fascinating to me. So I read the article about that, and yeah. and the team was saying that they were in lockstep with the city, but the city was saying they were building before they had the permits. So yeah. is somebody lying? How does how does that work? Probably, probably. Yeah. Well, and like now that it's built. Um, or is being built, it's just such a weird thing to be like, well, does it matter right now? I don't they know. Did, they did have the merit, the home opener, but my guess is this was a hiccup on one side or the other, and they'll get it figured out when it's the stadium's built now. It's not like they can quickly take it down, right? Or it's modular, so they probably could, but. But they needed like a second permit to do any sort of like additional renovations. And Sounds they're right. Concerned yeah. they won't get it or it's There's a, still, per that article, there was still nothing in place for that second match. So they still have to kind of figure that out. Right. Wonder if Brequart will run into the same problems. Kind of hoping. Uh, may, I don't know. I think they've got enough time to get all that sorted out before they break ground. Um, what's interesting is that they're, they're going to get another waiver apparently. Uh, for this weekend, or the, sorry, not this weekend, the, the following, when the next home game is on the 17th. Um, which is uh, uh, seven days from, from the time you'll be hearing this. Um, but, like, that's just such a, a bizarre thing to just not have situated, especially because I can't imagine, hi, we're building a soccer stadium, it's huge, you'll notice it, like, wouldn't let the county be like yeah we should give you a permit for that i would imagine the thought process is well we don't have the permit that we need uh you guys just go ahead and fine us um 
Yeah. And I mean, I would imagine the fine won't be something that'll really hit them too hard. Uh, I didn't well, see a, a fine in the article. It says, uh, let me see if I can't backtrack here and find what this person does. Uh, riveting podcast. Riveting podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> riveting podcast. So, talking about the uh, the public information slash uh, city development the, service. Uh, no, sorry. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, the development services department. Uh, Beth Culver, who's the, the building official. Um said that the kind of like corrective action for not having a permit is getting a permit. So I'm sure Austin's like, okay, well then just get us a permit. And then if we don't like, it's a weird, like, like, all right, guys, what are you guys going to do? You get a permit in time. Paperwork. Your punishment we'll for it. not getting it is uh, you're going to get it. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's strange. In a perfect world, it makes me think that right when they he, like, played that second match, it, they would the city commissioners would walk up hot fuzz style and say, "I presume I trust you have a license for this." Yeah, like Ron Swanson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking more hot fuzz than Simon Pegg. Right. And then uh, the other one, there's some. Rumblings of a 15,000 seat sports venue in $1.5 billion development area for the San, Fern- uh, San Fernando Valley of LA. It, it kind of looks like a certain toilet in North London. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Now, what what's fun? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's only one uh, that looks like a loo. What's fun is that Miami's new stadium. Nothing. Yeah, Miami's new stadium is. Yeah. I hope they never build that. Not literally. I just hope it doesn't look like that. Uh, there's been rumors of Roma coming into LA for a couple of years now. I don't know how wide known or at what level those are, but San Fernando Valley is in fact in California, and Roma probably has a bill and a half U.S. dollars. I don't know. That'd be fun. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Just don't put them in a toilet. Maybe not. Yeah. Circular or bowl stadium with the roof would look like a toilet from a certain angle. Yeah. Uh, last bit of stadium news real quick. Indy 11 stadium proposal went through the house today. Unanimous vote 29, I think, to zero. Um, go, uh, if you care about that, at soccer with Brian on Twitter. It's a friend of ours, Brian Cook, who's been following that. Uh, you can also go to um, uslnews.com and he has an article up about that as well um, if you care about legal proceedings things like that the big uh, I don't know bold point of it is that they scrapped the part of the bill that said that Indy 11 had to be an MLS to get a stadium which is massive yeah I love to see that uh, the community kind of rallying around the club saying we'll support you regardless you know we're not yeah. holding you well, hostage which I mean to be cynical about it if they don't get like 25,000 people for that opening game might not happen. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And but they're, I mean, they're, but they're not going to get 25,000 for every match. And it's nice to no. see the support from the city council in that case. Yeah. Or, and or you know, I mean, the fans of that team can only do so much. And you know, a lot of people talk about speaking with your wallets when it comes to being dissatisfied or, or whatever with your sports team. And they spoke with their wallets in, in a positive way. And I'm sure that was part of the reason why Indy got that part of the bill removed, which is a huge weight off the shoulders for everybody involved with, with 11 and that organization. So yeah, they're going to people show up. I think looking at last season, the lowest number Indy had for any game was still over 8,000. 
Yeah. That's good. And it's welcome news for the league as well. If they structure their stadium like Louisville, they can build it in a way that basically is their own place, but offers the chance to expand if mm. they're called upon or given the special rows to go to MLS. Yeah. Um, my favorite bachelor, Don Garber. And then uh, the other big news, I, I, I've seen some contrarian takes on it, but I love this so much. ESPN Plus signs a deal to broadcast the U.S. Open Cup matches, which uh, is amazing because I think everyone that listens to this, by and large, already has ESPN Plus, and so we just got more soccer for $5 a month. And the other great news is that it's not on Flow FC or whatever it's called, which is literally the worst. I saw some takes on social media on this that kind of baffled me. Like, why would you put it behind a paywall now? Yeah, that one was really fun, eh? It was (sighs) like, why would you put this behind a paywall? And it's like, dude... Like $5 if you follow more. soccer in the United States, you already have ESPN Plus. Yeah, and and in addition to that, you know, they say you know I could I could watch the U.S. Open Cup final on you know ESPN last year, but yeah, but what about all of the Did other? Did you try matches? to watch like the third round games or the fourth round games that were on YouTube or MyKuju where it was like a guy? There was a bunch of like um, Pablo Mora, uh, Mora I know had one. There was a bunch of people that were like putting out takes where it's like, oh man, I'm really upset that like I'm not going to hear the people filming the game now like talk about it while they're filming it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, for those early games, if you told the fan who's saying, oh, this is horrible, it's a paywall, if you told them for $5 you could go to the game, they'd probably take it and then you get to see every other game you want for the entire month. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's like, that's it's like, oh. What's and wrong if, with you? And if you're a fan of those, you know, PDL, USL, League Two teams or, or whatever, you know, it's it's you're going to see a quality on the broadcast that maybe you didn't previously see. And that's mm-hmm. that's nice. It's opening it up to more people. And, yeah. you know, we've got it. We've got a USL League Two team here in Albuquerque, and I'm excited to see that for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or think about the uh, basically local qualifiers, what would be the equivalent of a pub team basically being able to say, hey, my match is going to be streamed online. And yeah. if you go far enough, it'll be streamed up against DC United or up against the Richmond Kickers somewhere. And this not only in this article was this deal was approved through 2022. Yeah. So this is a massive thing that is pushing. I think this is like going all the way, building towards there's a soccer federation almost saying by 2026, everything will be revamped, kind of almost redone, not rebooted, but at least represent it to American audiences to get us geared up for this next World Cup. If my pub, the next American World Cup. If my pub team is playing in the U.S. Open Cup, I'm calling my mom and saying, "Mom, I'm going to be on ESPN Plus." That's that's cool. Right. Like that's so yeah, awesome. Seriously. Um. Yeah, yeah I, it would save the replay, and I honestly think that for ESPN, this. This isn't like they're adding on a bunch of other stuff. They could probably produce this entire tournament for next to nothing. Yep. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to get many people who are going to be purchasing ESPN Plus specifically for the U.S. Open Cup, but it just satisfies the audience that you already have. And ESPN Plus does so much more than just soccer. I mean, if you look at just soccer, it's MLS, USL, a couple EFL championship games. You put Syria on there in the Australian A-League, now the Open Cup, League One. And if you want to look beyond soccer, you put like UFC, hockey, NBA, all these college sports on there. We're not trying to like push ESPN Plus here. But But if they want us to, we certainly (laughs) can talk about that. It's certainly worth the five bucks a month. It is. Speaking of things that are, uh, that are worth it, uh, guys, we're going to get out of here, but let's let's wrap it up quick. 
things that are worth it. Uh, go follow me at Speak Evan Speak on Twitter. It's a really good follow. You should do that. I'm also close to 500 followers. So like, be the 500th follower. And I don't know. I'll, I'll figure something out. Um, you can also follow the show at the USL show on Twitter. Uh, we also go live every Tuesday night at around nine o'clock Eastern on the YouTube's youtube.com backslash the USL show. Give us a follow there. Um, hang out in the live stream, do the things be awesome. Um, you can also check us out. Uh, the USL show.com is a really good thing. There's uh, two boxes that I want you to be familiar with. One of them is the blue and orange box for our friends and MASL San Diego soccer sponsors, soccer loco. Um, if you're colorblind, the blocks is, is gray and gray. But if you click on that, you go through, you can buy anything you want. There's cleats, there's shirts, there's jerseys, things like that. Do that. We'll get a kickback of that purchase. Thank you very much. Other thing I want you to know about Patreon, patreon.com backslash the USL show. Um, give me a minute to organize my life and move and all that fun stuff. And then we'll have some interesting and hopefully funny content for you coming up in the near future. Um, I'm going to stop talking. I've, I've been in and out of losing my voice for about a week or so. So, um, gentlemen, to be kind to our guest, uh, David, where can people find you and your likeness on the Twitter is another thing. Uh, I am on uh, on the Twitters at David underscore M underscore Carl. But more importantly, uh, go ahead and follow Curse NM. That's the Curse uh, with a supporters group for New Mexico United. The uh, sorry at the Curse NM on there. Twitter. You go. Yeah. Do that. Woohoo. Uh, Ryan, where are people finding you? You can find me on Twitter at Ireland underscore Ryan. Usually just tweeting about USL. I will be sprinkling a little bit of Columbus Blue Jackets hockey in there in the work. I've been kicked out of the playoffs by Tampa Bay in like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pony, where can people follow your escapades and buying things on Amazon when you're uh, drunk? Uh, <laughs> I can be at Twitter at USL underscore Pony. I might not have 500 followers, but I did hit 400 during my MLS2 rant thing last there week. So that's good. controversy. That's the way to get followers, kids. You know, another way to get followers or another way to, to be a really cool person, um, go, uh, go to roughneckscarves.com, buy a scarf. People will be like, wow, that's a really good scarf. Where'd you get that? And you'll tell them, well, the USL show told me it was roughneckscarves.com and I bought one and I did it and it was great because it is. Uh, other places you can get to be really cool. Uh, check out the 9,000 or so podcasts on the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts, which produces this one as well, at uh, bgn.fm on the interwebs, at the bgn.fm on the Twitters. Um, like, you know, like David said, the Curse New Mexico is one of them, one of our newbies for this year. Birmingham Backline is there as well. I started one called Views from the Bridge because I'm so vain that I needed to have two things for me to hear my voice at every week. Go figure. Who would have thought? Yes, I'm an only child. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to get out of here. Until next week, there's one rule of the USL show, and that rule is to not be a dick. And uh, take care, everyone. Talk to you soon.